Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact me, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Find us on Twitter, tst underscore underscore radio, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. You can also listen to the show if you missed any of the episodes that have aired in the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, last couple of years by searching The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or app or finding the free archive on our website at thesecretteachings.info. You can listen and stream the show for free. We get paid for that if you listen to those advertisements or you can subscribe to the ad-free show also on our website and check out my books like Occult Arcana, again, www.thesecretteachings.info. I was not going to do a show today, January 30th, 2023, but I decided after a little bit of preparation and seeing what was in the news, and of course, after being on Ground Zero Friday night going into the weekend, I felt compelled to put in some work today because although it is my birthday today, I'm 32 years old, information and sharing that information, things I learn, is uh, such an important part of who I am and what makes me, what makes me tick, what drives me forward year after year. It's appropriate to take even my birthday uh, to share some of the things that I found and think are necessary and important to share with you. And it starts with what we discussed on Friday night with Clyde. The show we did Friday was a little bit different. We did a show called Making a Martyr. That show, I think, is also super important in relation to what was happening in Memphis over the weekend. But if you go back and listen, or if you already heard it, that's fantastic. But if you go back and listen to the show that Clyde and I did called Graven Image or Graven Images about the gods of death, we talked about this statue that was placed in New York. Now, I'm going to get into the details of this, but generally speaking, a statue was placed in New York, and the statue, we'll go into the details of where it was located, the statue is supposed to be of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and maybe it's some kind of artistic interpretation of what she looked like or what she represented, but what it amounts to is a golden, orangish, yellow statue. It's eight feet tall, standing on a lotus flower, we'll get to all this symbolism, and her body or its body is sort of a combination. It's a very chimeric-looking, hybrid-looking creature, sort of a combination of animal and human and maybe even plant. And if you haven't seen the statue, I assume most of you have by now or you heard the show we did on Friday, Uh, I would highly recommend that you go take a look at it, but also be careful that you don't just immediately, with a reflex response, think that it is an evil, satanic image in the same way that I hope that other people don't look at it and think, oh, yeah, that's definitely Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's definitely a statue of the justice Uh, I don't see how you could interpret it as anything else. So there's a middle ground between these two extremes, you know, between the people that look at it and say, yeah, whatever the mainstream tells us it is, 
that's what it is. Whatever the artist tells us it is, that's what it is. And then the other side where people for political or religious reasons look at it and think, and, and think oh, that's got to be evil. Now, there's no doubt there is a satanic element or energy to it. And we're going to get into why that is tonight, why I think that. I'm not just going to ignorantly say the word satanic because I think that's irresponsible for a lot of different reasons. But the satanic or evil or whatever you choose to call it element or energy is something not just in that statue. It's also found all around the country, the satanic temple They call themselves satanic. I don't think that they're actually Satanists. I think that they're a politically motivated group veiling themselves under the guise of religion, claiming they they have religious rights to abortion and things like that. We'll also get into that tonight because that relates directly to the statue. But uh, Satanism, evil, all these things, all these different um, interpretations of, of actions and beliefs and ideologies, which is what you know, evil is. It's an opposition to what is desired. If you desire something, then it's not bad. It's not evil. Uh, but fundamentally and esoterically, what is evil is simply what is alive or what is living. E-V-I-L-L-I-V-E. It's an inversion of creation. So it would be uncreation. Uncreation would be evil. Tearing down a statue, burning a book, unless that book was, well, perhaps promoting evil or promoting uh, death and destruction and chaos and pedophilia. You know, maybe you have a right to burn that book in some sense, uh, some moral sense. But tearing down culture, tearing down society, tearing down literal statues, digital statues, if you will, digital books, burning real books, canceling people, all these things. This is uncreation. This is unraveling the thread of human civilization all over the world, not just in Western society. It is also just like with uncreation versus creation. It's also an opposition to things that are organic. So this would mean organic is inverted and replaced with everything or anything that is synthetic. So that could mean everything from the way that you think, having your thoughts digital and computerized, relying solely on machines to do thinking for us, literally and figuratively, largely figuratively and symbolically, but also literally. And then moving on to more complex, complicated, um, potentially political, social, cultural, um, sexual and gender type things, such as childbirth. So, when you look at the idea of, of something like childbirth, personally, I don't think that there's anything more feminine uh, than a woman who gives birth to a child. Conceptually, the idea, the act of birthing a child and bringing new life into the world. People that are evil, by the definition of inversion, would not want new life to come into the world. So they would either adopt or develop a philosophy of opposition to birth, opposition to creation, opposition to life. And the opposite of those things would be, well, the opposite of life would be death. The opposite of birth would be abortion. Like the opposite of light is darkness. The opposite of heat is cold. 
you would develop these oppositional adversarial attitudes, which is the essence or the epitome of what Satan or Shaitan is. Satan or Shaitan is a character that embodies the idea of being in opposition to the natural order, to creation, to life, etc. And that is why Satan or Shaitan is called the adversary. Not necessarily evil in a in a sense that is rigid and narrow, but evil in the sense that inverting good things, inverting life, inverting creation, inverting birth, Satan is an adversary to all of those things that we would otherwise assigned to a character, a deity, a concept, an archetype like the God or Jesus Christ or, you know, perhaps one of a number of many other gods who could be interpreted as good or evil, whether it's Osiris or Mithras or you name it. So having that understanding allows us to address the subject of this eight-foot-tall Ginsburg statue with a little more reason, and a little more objectivity. So let's take a look at this story, and we'll see what we can derive and infer from the New York Times, which reported, I think, one of the more detailed uh, stories on this statue. Uh, The statue is called Now, N-O-W. And the now refers to how we need to take action now for gender and sexual issues or uh, inequalities, etc., as as they define them and perceive them, which is always important. What do you what do you mean by inequalities? What do you mean by rights? What do you, what do you mean by these things? So now we need to do it now. I don't know if you've you've noticed this, but the idea and the way that we approach gender and sex and equality is also the way we approach climate change, is the way we approach vaccines. It's now, 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 now. Take action for climate change now. Take action, you get your vaccine now. Take action and make the world more equal right now. It's right now, now. It's the cult of the now, if you will. So this statue, which was... I'm assuming solely created by this artist. The name is Shazia Sikander, who has done other pieces of art uh, that we'll look at as well tonight. But the now crowns the courthouse of the Appellate Division of the New York State Supreme Court at 27 Madison Avenue. So this is a statue supposedly of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, But when you look at it, and if you're not looking at it, if you haven't seen it, I'll try to describe it. It's very gold and almost gold, yellow, orange looking. It is very similar in at least a visual glance to the Prometheus statue at the Rockefeller Center. The statue has, well, what you would say are normal legs and maybe a a normal torso for the most part, but the statue also has a breastplate, which is supposed to be part of um, uh, Ginsburg Ginsburg's collar. You know, when her iconic collar when she's you know in her her garb for the court. But it also looks like the, the a breastplate, which is important because the the statue has a relationship with the goddess of war and the goddess of, of knowledge and wisdom, Minerva or Athena, the Roman and Greek goddesses. And again, we'll get to that as well. 
When you look at her arms, though, that's when things start to get a little weird. In fact, I even heard, and I'm not really a fan of, I'm not, I don't really, I certainly never listened to, to the guy, but I, I even heard Ben Shapiro say that it's so bizarre that, and this is what he said, uh, that Democrats have this almost like obsession with tentacles. He actually said that, and I, I heard that, and I thought, well, maybe Ben Shapiro is listening to the secret teachings or Ground Zero because not only did Clyde Lewis and I and also Derek Murphy of the Night Stalker, as many of you know him as, we did a webinar a few weeks back where we talked about H.P. Lovecraft's influence on pop culture and how you see it everywhere from sports to uh, economics to, uh, well, of course, all forms of entertainment and also other kinds of art like statues. And then here comes this tentacle-like monster mixed with human parts mixed with animal parts. Because if you go up from the tentacle arms, you get the head, which doesn't look anything like Ruth Ginsburg. But then you get these, these almost like ram's horns that come out of the head. So the ram, Ares, god of war. There's an association between Ares and the god of war. And Minerva, they they do battle. Whether it's Minerva or the character because of the serpentine-like, tentacle-like arms, the statue has a Medusa feel to it or a Gorgon feel to it. You you see these different elements brought together. You have the female, you have the, the Gorgon, Medusa-like imagery, the Ram, Ares, Mars, God of War, and the, these tentacle things which are whether that's Medusa and the serpents, or we're talking about something like H.P. Lovecraft, all of this is in the one statue. And it's also standing on a lotus flower, which is strange because the lotus flower in any symbol book, if you choose to look up lotus flower to read about what the lotus represents, the lotus is a symbol and this is a direct quote from uh, one of my favorite symbol books, one of the, uh, I'd say, almost iconic symbol books. It's called A Symbol Dictionary, and the author is named Surlot, if you're interested in looking that symbol book up. Uh, a triumph of spirit over matter. And I find that to be almost offensive because how can, and this is my question, how can you have a statue that even if it was Ruth Ginsburg and it looked like her and it didn't have the tentacle arms and the ram's horns or the snakes or the Medusa, the Minerva, the all this, even if you didn't have all that and it was just like a statue of her standing on a lotus flower, which is fundamentally a symbol of the triumph of spirit over matter, lotus coming out of the dirty, muddy water, it's like the head of Osiris out of the the wrappings of the mummy, etc. Because the statue represents, and this isn't just an opinion given by Christians or the conservative right, this is the opinion given by art critics and, well, the woman that, that designed the statue and made the statue, it represents beyond Ruth Ginsburg, and this is why it isn't actually her, it represents through her idea, as a graven image, the idea of abortion and Roe versus Wade. So how can you use the lotus flower, which is a symbol, a pure symbol of spirit conquering matter, when the image itself 
the idea that is being invoked, the meme, the sigil, the talisman, is a triumph of matter over spirit. In other words, the lotus represents spirit overcoming matter, but the statue that stands on the lotus, perhaps this is appropriate, it's not coming out of, it's squashing the lotus flower. The statue represents matter before it comes into this world fully, inspired by, energized by, inhabited by spirit being conquered. Uh, spirit being conquered by matter, abortion. There's a very deep, significant, not just esoteric or occult, but very direct, disturbing notion to this, whether standing or squashing the lotus flower, the symbol of abortion is the triumph of matter over spirit. But the lotus flower represents the triumph of spirit over matter. And that's a very disturbing thing to think about. Something else that caught my attention, uh, British art critic, or she's just a British critic, I assume she's an art critic because she's a professor of art history at the Graduate Center of the City University of New York, Claire Bishop. And Claire Bishop wrote this, or said this, maybe she, the statue, can help channel us back to reinstating Roe versus Wade. Maybe she can help channel us back to reinstating Roe versus Wade. That's what Claire Bishop said. Try to process, for, think about that for a second. Channel. She's saying maybe the statue can help us channel Roe versus Wade or unlimited abortion. She goes on to say that the statue is a quote Again, this is Claire Bishop, the art critic and art history professor, saying that the statue is a, quote, magical hybrid plant animal. In other words, she's talking about the statue in extremely magical and mystical terms, that the statue could help us channel abortion. The statue is a magical hybrid plant animal well, obviously human as well, a plant-human-animal hybrid. I mean, this is something that you might see in depictions of, of hell, for example. Humans and animals and things merged and mixed together. Have you ever seen that movie Event Horizon with that black goo-type portal? And the crew of, of the ship, they end up in hell and the eyes are ripped out and people's bodies are ripped apart. It's very, very violent, very gory, those, those scenes at least. The you know, eyes are showed, sewed shut, the mouth sewed shut. Very disturbing imagery. But the, that's the idea of, of, of perverting, distorting, inverting, or brutalizing and mutilating the body and doing unnatural things with the body, which is a, a distortion of divinity, uh, a perversion of divinity, and by un, unholy or unnatural or uh, things that are in opposition to God, I mean, like perhaps bestiality would be an example, or merging genetically humans and animals and insects together. This has already been done. Spiders and goats have been merged together. And God knows what is being spread genetically through crops or through, well, self-spreading contagious vaccines, which have been studied since the 1990s. That's not a conspiracy, by the way. That's the National Geographic and NPR talking about that, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So it's distortion of nature. It's 
adversary to nature. It's shaitan. It's Satan. It truly is satanic. It just isn't satanic in the way that gets you hits on YouTube uh, or TikTok or Twitter or whatever. The I'm 32 today. It's my birthday, so I guess I can say what the kids are doing. I, whatever the kids are doing, whatever social media uh, the kids are using. But it's not just Claire Bishop who made that statement and a statement that, that very much stood out to me. Uh, there's another statement made about something kind of similar. Uh, it, it's not in relation directly to the statue in New York, but it does, it does actually share certain symbolic qualities. And that is, this was two weeks ago, a report from the Ukrainian World Congress. And you know, we've talked about the trident, which is usually held by not only Poseidon, which gives him control over the oceans, with her, which are water. Uh, you know, Isis holds the boat. She's goddess of the water, patron of women, uh, like the moon goddess, uh, Selene, uh, childbirth and things like that. So water, ocean, emotion can be controlled by the trident. That's how the devil tricks and controls people through emotion, manipulating natural and positive and good things and corrupting them. So the trident is a symbol of Poseidon, but also of the devil with the little uh, hooves and, the, and the, the forked tongue and the little pointy tail. So the trident is a symbol on the Ukrainian flag. Uh, Kiev is also, and the whole country of Ukraine is watched over by the Archangel Michael. And that is precisely what the Miss Universe 2022 pageant featured for Victoria Appen Asenko, who is the Ukrainian contestant. Uh, and this outfit she has on very elaborate big wings. She has these, these rays of sun coming out of her head. She has the sword. It's supposed to symbolize uh, Michael, the Archangel Michael, patron of the sun. And the article from the Ukrainian World Congress says something similar to what Claire Bishop described in regard to the Ginsburg statue. She said it was magical and it was uh, a channeling of abortion. Take a listen to this. It says the Warrior of Light outfit was created in Ukraine for four months in extreme conditions under the sound of sirens without electricity by candlelight. So they describe it to play on emotions. And of course, that sounds very mystical, very dark. The dress dazzled the audience with its spellbinding wings. So again, spellbinding, channeling, magic. These are terms that I'm not using here on the secret teachings, which are things I would normally use to describe something. These are things that I'm getting from the New York Times or the Ukrainian World Congress. They're now actively using magical language in the same way that you're actively seeing the resurrection or the revitalization or the rebirth of old world religions. Now, just because something's old doesn't mean that it's evil. Paganism isn't evil. Witchcraft isn't evil. Shinto isn't evil. None of that is evil. It's really about intention, and it's also sometimes associated with things from the past that we don't really understand, like a cult is not necessarily a negative or evil thing. But there are plenty of religions and cults throughout history, usually run by priestly classes, which would be doctors and things like that today, scientists. And they controlled people by dazzling them and binding them with spells and language. And I want to explain this more when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings and Grave and images. We are continuing the conversation tonight, Monday, from a discussion we had on Friday with Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, Grave and Images, or Grave and Images. More after this. Don't go anywhere. 
It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Dot Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Dot Radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. So we have a revitalization, a rebirth, a reemergence of old world cults that largely due to perhaps incompetence, but certainly greed and other deadly sins, essentially corruption, corrupt individuals and decadence and what those things lead to. We have a reemergence of these old world religions and we have what amounts to a revelation of the method priestly classes of the old world that demanded human sacrifices in more undeveloped barbaric times as we perceive them are alive and well today in the 21st century in fact today january 30th 2023 the demanding that you turn your body into not a vessel for new life but a vessel to carry the sacrament of what we would in a Hollywood movie think of or culturally think of as a human sacrifice which would be akin to Satanism or something to that effect. Now, I know a lot of people don't necessarily think that the idea of abortion is satanic. They might disagree with it politically, but they don't call it satanic. But some people actually do think it's satanic, and it's not Christians so much as it is Satanists, or at least people that claim to be Satanists. The Satanic Temple, for example, and other Satanic groups, the Satanic Temple in particular, they've actually filed lawsuits in 
Idaho, I think it's Indiana, Texas, and other states, because they say that not having an outright ability to acquire an abortion at any time, like a cheeseburger at McDonald's or, I don't know, an ice cream, you know, down at the ice cream parlor, just go and grab one whenever you want, that it is a restriction of religious rights. And that is a very ludicrous argument, first of all, because the right to kill something and the right to, um, I mean, physically, physiologically, biologically harm yourself, I don't know if that, I mean, because even if you agree with abortion, there's definitely damaging, devastating effect on the body. I mean, even not having birth naturally uh, and using without consideration every modern thing from drugs to immediate surgery. Uh, so even having a child, even having having a birth through modern means, both of these things are very contrary to what the body wants to do. I don't really consider that to be theological or religious or any of these things. And I don't really see Satanism as a divine thing. I see it as an inversion of divinity. And therefore, based on at least the founding philosophies of, of the United States and the, the U.S. Republic, Satanism really can't be considered a religion then. But the point is, they think that they have a religious right to to kill, which can in no way, shape, or form be a religious right or a right of any kind. So what it amounts to is these groups are basically thinly, very thinly veiled political movements that use religion as a cover for what they want to advance as a political ideology or what they want to have enshrined in law as a quote unquote right. Uh, I mean, the fact is legally and lawfully speaking, and philosophically speaking, abortion is not a right preserved by the Constitution by any interpretation. So it's a state's rights issue. And you vote for those representatives. Abortion, whether it's legal or not, whether it's a 15-week protection or ban, you can interpret it either way. It's a state's rights issue, which is very constitutional. And it's very democratic because you elect those officials. So politically speaking, that is really the only objective way to look at it. It doesn't matter what your point of view is on the subject. That's that's what and how abortion should be handled because that is within the confines of the legal and lawful system that we have uh, that we use to hopefully have a functioning society. Now, to get into the details, speaking of legal and lawful, we have to look at the statue in New York, the statue supposedly of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it is called Now, and it is placed on the New York State Supreme Court building alongside of some other statues. Traditionally, these statues, uh, there was a Muhammad statue, but Muslims got upset because they don't, they don't like Muhammad depicted or Allah depicted, so they, it, was, it was removed. But there are other statues here, including Confucius, Zoroaster, Zoroastrianism or Zarathustrianism and Moses. And I find it kind of strange how there is any kind of implication or suggestion or inferring that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even if this thing looked like her, was a lawgiver like Zoroaster or Moses or Confucius. 
I think a lot of people don't understand. This is why the political or the legal or the philosophical aspect is important to understand before we go to the esoteric, because Moses was a lawgiver only because God gave him those laws. And our republic is founded on the idea that human rights come from God. So our founding fathers, in a sense, were basically like Moses. So if that's the case, which it certainly is, theologically, historically, mythologically, philosophically, etc., Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not a lawgiver. She never was, and even after her death, she'll never be a lawgiver unless we totally rewrite history. She's a law interpreter. She, as a court justice, the Supreme Court, hears cases and then votes in the Supreme Court to decide what is constitutional or not. It's a check on the other branches of government. And although it is, in a sense, democratic, it's also not really democratic, but it's part of the democratic process to ensure that the laws of the republic are upheld and to avoid corruption. You don't do that by packing the Supreme Court, but that's a separate issue. So she's not a lawgiver. She's a law interpreter. But the way that people react to the Supreme Court is that they just want the decision made that the mob agrees with or there's going to be violence, which means that they're not really concerned about laws. They're not really concerned about interpretations of laws. They're not really even concerned about law giving. They're really concerned with do what we say or we're going to become violent and riot and hurt people and try to assassinate Supreme Court justices. She's not a lawgiver. She's a law interpreter. Second of all, it's strange that since Moses and Zoroaster and Confucius, these are foundational characters and archetypes as well, to religious ideologies or philosophical ideologies, which means alongside of the Satanic Temple and their lawsuits about religious freedom and abortion, it means that the statue which represents Ginsburg supposedly, but also at its core it represents abortion, which is the opposite of what the lotus flower that it stands on, the statue stands on the lotus flower, which is spirit uh, overcoming matter. Abortion is spirit being conquered by matter. So it's kind of strange that they would use that symbol unless it has a deeper religious meaning. And the fact that other lawgivers that founded religions communicating with God are there beside her, it applies that she's a religious character or a theological character that has the ability to give laws, although she interprets them, she doesn't give them. And therefore, that means that what she represents, which is abortion officially, that abortion therefore becomes a religious-like cult. And once more, you put that next to the Satanic Temple, and you see that it is a thinly-veiled religious cult masquerading as, or a political cult masquerading as a, a religion. Now, if you look at this statue, body of a woman, but the arms are serpentine, Medusa-like, tentacle-like, the head is horn-like, and it has this feel of a, of a Gorgon, or a Medusa, or a Minerva, or an Athena, for those of you who don't know the Gorgon, the Gorgon, there were three of them. They represented strength, uh, wide leaping, which is one of the the interpretation, the mythology book called the wide leaper, strength, and then queen. Medusa was considered the queen. So there's a trion uh, characteristic to the Gorgon, like the demi-Gorgon in Stranger Things. And Medusa, probably one of the more famous Gorgon, Medusa 
she could halt men with her stare. She could turn them to stone. And in the story, in the myth, it's Perseus who uses a shield as a mirror to deflect her glance. Who's He's able to, with this shield, he's able to cut her head off and hold it up, and he conquers Medusa and what she uh, represents, kind of a queen of darkness, a queen of snakes. Now, the, the snakes on her head... You see a funny interpretation of that in um, one of my favorite movies, Monsters Incorporated, uh, Mike, Mike Wazowski's girlfriend. Uh, that's Medusa-like. But the snakes are, in esoteric and occult terms, they are known as uh, little rays of electricity or the electrical current in the earth or in the atmosphere or in the universe. So snakes are often, or bolts of lightning are often symbols that can be exchanged with each other so snakes on your head could be rays of light uh, rays of light on your head whether that's the statue of liberty or it's the miss ukraine costume or it's what you know people like rihanna or beyonce and other celebrities have done where they dress up it is in essence those rays of the sun it is in essence also serpentine like rays and there can be false light as well that we associate with a serpent or a dragon or a, a snake, as in the story of the Garden of Eden, which is where this gets really, really bizarre. In the Garden of Eden, you have these two characters, right? Adam and Eve. And Adam is created by God, and then Eve follows from a rib, which the original word supposedly means cell, which I find interesting if that's true. Maybe there was some kind of genetic engineering. Maybe Sitchin was right. But Adam and Eve, just thinking of this idea in the garden, and Eve is tempted by the serpent. So you all know this story. Well, the now statue that we're discussing at the New York State Supreme Court is mirrored or reflected just down the road, just across the street at the Madison Square Park, where there's another statue by the same artist. Again, the artist's name is Shazia Sikander, Pakistani-American artist. She has another artist, uh, or excuse me, another statue, the artist does, called Witness. And the Witness statue is basically the same statue. It just has like a a different uh, dress code, if you will, a different kind of garb. Now, on that statue... Not com- not completely unsimilar or unfamiliar um, or unrelated to the golem. You know, the golem made of rough material, matter, clay, mud, etc. They write uh, something, I believe it's uh, etam or eta or something like that. It's the Hebrew word for truth. I think you can spell it uh, a couple of different ways. But you write the Hebrew word for truth, uh, imet, imet. E-M-E-T. And once you write that word, the golem comes to life. When you erase one of the letters, then it it dissolves and and it falls apart. So on this witness statue, there's a word, according to the artist, uh, this is what it means. The word is hava. Hava supposedly means air. Remember that Adam was breathed into right through his nostrils? And he came to life with the breath of life. So God created the world with the word, which is vibration, and then breathed into him, which is the spirit, 
taking over the material body and then spirit overcoming matter is symbolized by the lotus flower. So Hava, which is on this other statue, reportedly, according to the artist, not only does it mean air, but in Hebrew and Arabic, it means Eve. Now, keep that idea and follow along, or I should say, let's go backward in time and look at the shows we've done where we've discussed the metaverse. What is the meta? Well, anything that is evil, E-V-E, uh, E-V-I-L, or E-V-E-L, evil, evil, or evil, like Wally, Eve, 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 Eve or evil. It's an inversion. It's corruption. It's turning things around, distorting them, because you can't create, so you have to destroy. You have to uncreate. You have to abort instead of birth, et cetera, et cetera. So meta inverted is atom, just backwards. And atom sounds pretty similar because it's basically spelled the same as atom, like an atom, like a particle, series of particles, electrons, neutrons, protons, or Adam, the first man. The metaverse, as I've said, is an inversion of the physical reality that we live in. It's like Yuval Harari said, we played the clip. We're going to have to relearn light and physics and the laws of, uh, or light and gravity and the laws of physics because the new world isn't going to have the same light, gravity, and laws of physics. It's going to be a totally new world. I call it a cowardly new world. They call it a brave new world. And in that new world, new versions of you are being prepared. A digital atom that is being breathed into with all of your energy and all of the things that you put on social media creating that digital avatar. So they're creating a synthetic atom. This statue called Witness at the Madison Square Park, kind of like a sister of the now statue, which is supposed to be Ruth Bader Ginsburg, has the word Eve or Hava or Eve uh, inscribed on it, which means that the artist is calling on the foundational, fundamental, hallmark, cornerstone pillar of human procreation and existence. Yes, you need the male and the female, but the universal creator is the mother. Now, it's strange how an artist would call on the universal mother, Eve, if her politics are abortion, 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 which is obviously the opposite of universal womanhood and motherhood. But it makes sense considering that the now statue stands on a lotus flower. A lotus flower represents the triumph of spirit over matter. But if it's about abortion, abortion is the triumph of matter over spirit. It's the opposite. And the witness statue, it's Hava, Eve, calling on the universal mother to encourage and to um, put up a a structural support for your other art, which is basically a series of political statements about women's rights and abortion, which fundamentally undermine and undercut the awesome power of the female, not only the strength of the female, which is different than the strength of the male, but the ability to more directly, not just with you know sex and semen, but more directly grow and nurture, birth, 
and then feed for your through your body uh, a, a living child. That's an extremely powerful and creative thing. And again, as I said, even if you have a birth, a lot of birth is done with drugs and surgery and anxiety and stress and fear. And not all birth is like that. Just like, you know, not all men and women are what you see in TV. The world is a lot different when you turn your screens off. But to focus on the universal mother and the lotus flower, symbols of life and creation, when your philosophy is apparently fundamentally you are possessed by it is uh, the fundamental basis of your, of your viewpoint on life. You're so consumed and concerned with abortion, but you're calling on the universal mother to protect or encourage abortion, which doesn't make any sense at all. And I'm not stretching for these associations. These associations are very clear. I mean, literally the name Eve is on a statue, which is calling on the universal mother to protect or to summon uh, abortion uh, when that when that uh, that other statue the now statue went up the recent one Claire Bishop the art critic and art history uh, professor said maybe she can channel us back to reinstating Roe versus Wade so there this woman speaking about the statue as if it's some kind of totem or talisman or sigil or meme that can energize people to demand abortion or to channel the energy of abortion, which is ultimately death, and to bring that back into the world. She said it's a magical hybrid plant animal. You see these horns or serpents on the body, similar to the rays of light worn by, let's say, the Archangel Michael. I only bring Archangel Michael up because he's the patron of Ukraine and Kiev. And the Ukrainian World Congress... And you don't have to just go to their website to see this, but they did a little story on the Miss Universe 2023 pat or 2022 into 2023 2022 pageant in New Orleans, where the Ukrainian uh, model Victoria Apanesenko she wore this costume called Warrior of Light, and the way that it was designed in the dark by candlelight to dazzle and spellbind the audience, and that's a very very recent story as well. So. Ultimately here, you have someone who's not a lawgiver. She's a law interpreter, but her interpretation is she gives the laws and the laws are you can get an abortion whenever you want. So this creates a distortion of what is, well, first of all, what is what is legal and what is lawful and how that system works in the mundane. But in the spiritual, she's associated with these other lawgivers like Moses and Zoroaster. She's not a lawgiver, though. And therefore, there's a religious association or connotation here that abortion is a cult, certainly a death cult. And now the horns on her head, whether you're talking about Cernonos, the Greek, uh, not the Greek, excuse me, the Celtic god, or you're talking about Greek or Roman gods, the horns, like horny, being horny, they are symbols of sex, uh, like the horny goat. Uh, it And sex is used as a sacrament in alternate versions or distorted versions of divine-like religions where sex is about birth or it's about, you know, the orgasm, the spark of life and creation and then birth and then life and the cycle of everything. But sex is used as a sacrament to get pregnant, to abort, which is the sacrifice to abort the child, which is, again, what the satanic temples are arguing, that they have a right to abortion because it's it's a religious right. But this 
character, this idea that is being played with here is not only not a lawgiver, but an interpreter. She's a law destroyer because you're unilaterally moving against what is the basic philosophy of our republic and the basic philosophy of states' rights and democracy and founding principles and religion and all of this stuff by destroying the law for ideological reasons. The horned goddess or the horned god is a symbol of fertility, but a symbol of sex, a symbol of the sacrament of sex and the resulting abortion that is the sacrifice to these gods which are being brought to public attention. There's a rebirth, a revitalization, a regeneration of the old world religion, a revelation of the method, if you will. So channeling, magical hybrid, etc. These are words used to describe this statue. It is like meme magic. It's a sigil. It's a talisman. And no matter what you think of abortion, this is the very cold thing here. I feel it, it, no matter what you think about abortion or what you think about the statue or Ginsburg or any of this stuff, the arguments get everybody pretty heated. And therefore, like Medusa, it turns a lot of people's hearts and minds even to stone. It makes you very callous and cold and perhaps angry and even violent. It has a Gorgon-like, Medusa-like effect or feel to it. And likewise, a magical hybrid, that's what it was called by this art professor, a magical hybrid. It's got the serpentine tentacle-like arms, the horns, the ram, the body of a woman, all this. It's a hybrid plant, animal, human, chimera-like creature. And that idea is also found in the witch's black mass. If you listen to the show we did with Clyde on Friday, for those of you who don't know this show or don't know Clyde's show. I'm talking about Clyde Lewis's Ground Zero. If you listen to that show we did on Friday, we were coming back from break and I had actually written down Black Mass because I wanted to talk about that. And as soon as we got back from break, Clyde brought up the Black Mass and I said, hey, you must have a camera <laughs> camera here in, in my studio. You can see what I'm writing. Uh, the Black Mass, which is largely a, a, a hallucination that historically witches have had. They hallucinate from drugs and various different substances. Usually they'd have a, a solve or some kind of gel-like, lotion-like stuff. They'd rub on the broomstick, and then there would be a sexual thing. They would ride the broomstick. They would hallucinate and believe they had attended the Black Mass. I'm not saying Black Masses aren't real. They, they certainly have taken place. The Black Sabbath, if you will, Black Mass. The Black Mass, if you watch the movie uh, The Witch, for example... Uh, at the end of the movie, the girl goes out into the woods and she communes with the devil. That's what the Black Mass is all about. It's about communing with, well, the goat god. And not necessarily Pawn or Baphomet. Because Baphomet is an androgynous character that's actually positive and negative unified. It's an alchemical symbol. It's not evil. I get tired of hearing that it's an evil symbol. But the Black Mass is a merger of the, usually the female, the female form, because the women get naked, to commune with the devil or Satan, which is usually this black goat, Billy Goat, Bill, Bell, Bolly, Bill, Ball, Bell, all the names, uh, but a goat or some kind of animal. So you're merging the animal and the human, the naked female, and this animal-like creature merging together, and you get the black mass. You also get the Ruth Bader Ginsburg statue. Coming out of the lotus flower, 
which is triumph of spirit over matter, but it's the lotus flower is being stood on by a statue that represents the triumph of matter over spirit. And furthermore, the robes and the garb in general of uh, legal professionals, uh, people that are justices, etc., it is very black, uh, very square. It is very Saturnistic. And of course, these things are all Saturnistic qualities, law, rigidity, structure, not necessarily all negative evil things, but certainly part of this witch's cauldron that we're stirring tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please grab a copy of one of my books, Like a Cult Arcana. I think you'd really enjoy that at thesecretteachings.info. There's a new update in that book on the practice of Shinto, which I think you'll really enjoy. If uh, you've already bought a digital copy, I can send you another one. www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio, and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back him. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. An octan? They make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the fall of back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. We are broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, and I am your host, Ryan Gable. You are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio. You can find us Monday through Friday on Ground Zero dot radio and in the secret teachings archive for free on our website after the show or anywhere else you listen to radio shows and podcasts just search the secret teachings we get paid every time you listen to one of those annoying advertisements but if you'd like to get the ad free show that is also available again www.thesecretteachings.info if you are listening on a podcast player please leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show. It also helps to promote the show, and it doesn't take you more than a few seconds. I'd really appreciate that, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. We actually had to restart our account about a year ago, so we lost a lot of our reviews and stars. So if you can help us out by promoting the show, by leaving a little review, I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to contact me, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Tonight, this strange, bizarre, some call it satanic, others call it an homage to the beautiful practice of abortion. doesn't really matter what your opinion is politically or religiously or theologically or philosophically. The fact is, a statue of what is supposed to be Ruth Bader Ginsburg was placed on top of the New York state Supreme Court building. And that statue, very strange, depicts about 40 to 50% of a female whose arms are replaced with serpents, very Medusa-like, very Gorgon-like, or Demi-Gorgon, or very H.P. Lovecraft-like. We've done a ton of shows in the last year about the influence of H.P. Lovecraft and the obsession that Hollywood and entertainment in general, that music, that sports, that economics, that everything seems to have in H.P. Lovecraft. And here yet again is a Lovecraft-like statue. Also with the horns, Ram-like, Ares-like, Mars-like, and therefore a direct association and affiliation with the goddess Minerva, who is a goddess of war and associated with the god of war, which is Mars. She also is Athena. So she's a goddess of wisdom. She's usually shown with the sword and the shield, very much like the angel Michael, very much like the patron saint of Ukraine or Kiev, which is Michael. And that warrior of light costume we saw at the Miss Universe pageant, created in the dark by candlelight. According to the Ukrainian World Congress, this costume is spellbinding, they say. She has the rays of light coming out of her head, which are also earth energies, which are symbolized by serpents, so it's a very Medusa-like headdress. Medusa, Gorgon, Minerva, Athena, collectively or individually, 
and particularly Minerva and Athena, according to the Romans, Minerva was dedicated not only to war and not only to wisdom, but to a common phrase that you've probably heard before. You've heard the phrase, the spoils of war. What are the spoils of war? They are the things that you can infer are gained from war. Things that are stolen, things that are looted, things that are broken and, and destroyed. I mean, you can, you can take gold and silver and jewels. You can take men and women for slaves. You can take children and raise them in the ideology of the, of the state, of the conquering military and force and culture. But you can also destroy things, and those things that are destroyed, statues, books, libraries, precious artifacts, etc., people's uh, faith in a system, perhaps, these kinds of things can also be the spoils of war. So she represents these spoils of war. The question is, just like with the warrior of light costume, warrior of what? warrior of light what light is that the prometheus light is that the false light is that the venus light is that the luciferian light and i say luciferian i just mean the lucifer light lucifer is a is an angel cast to earth and i re, i refer to that as a a very astronomical story it refers to the reflector known as the moon great reflector in the sky casting the first light of venus Down to earth, the moon god Jehovah casts Venus, the light, down to earth. I I think that's what the story uh, symbolizes or signifies in and of of itself as as an archetype. But the spoils of war, Athena, Minerva, Archangel Michael, uh, Mars, Ares, uh, all these different characters also take us into another area or another realm of interpretation. And that is if we're talking about war and the spoils of war, and if we're talking about Minerva and goddess energy, if you will, which is what the artist wanted to do with this particular statue, Shazia Sikander. She's also done some other statues. We're going to talk about those in a moment in more detail. I already told you about the witness statue. I'm going to tell you about another statue unrelated to this artist, but not very far away from where her statues are. And it's called Medusa. And it's a very important thing we have to get to in just a moment. But when you look at the idea of what these statues represent, you have the Gorgon-like, Medusa-like, Minerva statue, which is new. It's placed among lawgivers like Moses and Zoroaster on top of the Supreme Court. It's a symbol of abortion, and it shouldn't shouldn't be there in an impartial um, at an impartial uh, building. It's supposed to be impartial. Justice is blind. But it suggests, it infers that Ginsburg is a lawgiver. When she's not, she's a law interpreter. And suggests that it is uh, uh, basically tantamount to akin to lawgiving to be an interpreter of the law implies tyranny and authoritarianism. It also implies this religious idea because Moses and Zoroaster, I mean, these these people were able to provide foundational basis for religion. So if abortion is your Ten Commandments, then you're creating a religion of death. It is a death cult obsessed with sex as a sacrament and abortion as a sacrifice. You are actually a law destroyer, which means that 
are typically speaking, you are the opposite of a character like Eve, who's the universal mother, or Isis, a universal mother. You're actually more like Lilith. And Lilith, who we talked about with Robin um, Punsalan on the show Thursday, Lilith is a character who's often depicted with horns on her head, just like this Ginsburg statue in New York. And therefore, the question should be asked, is the statue maybe not Minerva? Is it perhaps Lilith? I mean, even this, the association with Minerva, Minerva's symbol is, symbols are owls, and owls also accompany Lilith as guardians of her knowledge or her powers and of the underworld. As you might know, and maybe you don't know, but if you don't know, it is a very disturbing story. You should go read it for yourself, though. There's a lot of interpretations that are inaccurate and incorrect. But the story of Lilith is that Lilith was the first woman in the Garden of Eden, or she was Adam's second wife. And she is a dark counterpart to Eve, I believe. She refused to be, I would say, equal in terms of, of creation rather than submissive, because that suggests that there's some political, patriarchal overtones to, to Adam and Eve in the garden, which is a metaphor anyway. But she refuses to be equal. She wants to be more powerful. She has a very Lucifer energy to her. And her desire after leaving the garden is to track down men and tempt them. And this way, she is the first succubus. And her other hobby, let's call it, is to trick children, usually appearing as an owl, to get them to smile. And when they smile, she steals their souls. I think about that new movie, Smile, that just came out. But this is the essence, this is the energy of the presence of Lilith. And Lilith often has horns, and depictions vary, certainly. You can find plenty where she doesn't have horns, but the energy is the same. She is a a goddess of abortion. Eve is the mother of all mankind, and Lilith, her dark counterpart, is a character who is the universal mother of abortion, death, suffering, pain, etc. The horned goddess, just like the horned god, is a symbol of sex as much as it is fertility. Now, these can be positive things, you know, coming together, unity, love, spark of creation, divinity, new life, birth, growth, and the cycle repeats itself, or sex used for selfish purposes or abusive purposes to steal the energy, to suck up, suck up and suck upon the energy like a vampire, succubus, incubus, uh, succubus goes after the, the men and the incubus goes after the women. And that version of sex is distorted, inverted. It is the opposite of creative. It's actually quite destructive uh, for the physical and the emotional if we're talking about literal sex. And it is a sacrament to the, the dark forces of the world, the dark energies and archetypes. And therefore, sex is a sacrament and abortion, which results as uh, which comes as a result of sex. I know it's amazing. You know, uh, you can you can have a, a a child by having sex. Some people can't comprehend that. So, sex is the sacrament, and abortion is the sacrifice of the child that comes about as a as a sacrament or as a ritual done to appease the goddess of abortion or the goddess of death, the goddess of night uh, nighttime nightmares uh, and wet dreams and things like that, which is Lilith. 
which is basically what this statue is standing on the lotus flower in New York. And the same artist that made that also made the statue called Witness at Madison Square Park, which has Hava or Eve on its person, on its statue, calling on the energies of the Universal Mother. Perhaps they're not actually calling on the energies of the Universal Mother, or perhaps they're calling on them in mockery, because you can't call on Eve or use Eve as a symbol if your idea and intent is to abort, which is the opposite of the creation uh, that Eve imparts to the world. In the same way that the metaverse is an inversion of Adam's verse, Adam has dominion over the world, and therefore animals and pretty much anything in creation that's not a human, which in- includes women, because women are, are coming from mankind. If you think women aren't included in mankind, then you don't think women are, are people, but that's that's a kind of a separate issue. But the metaverse is an inversion of well, meta, atom, atom, or atom, Adam Kadmon, the first man. And all of this is the inversion of organic life and the replacing of organic life with synthetics. I say that all the time. That's what it really is. It's E-V-I-L or L-I-V-E, live spelled backwards as evil. You can't create something, so you want to destroy something. So chaos, war, abortion, pain and suffering, etc. And that brings us to the third statue of interest, and that is right down the street is another statue on the Manhattan Criminal Court building, and it is actually called, it's a Medusa statue, a Gorgon Medusa statue. But it is contrary or an inversion of the mythology because it is actually Medusa holding the head of Perseus. Now in the myth, Perseus slays Medusa, and since if you look at Medusa, she looks at you, you, you turn to stone, which is what this whole discussion politically does to people. It turns people's hearts to stone and people become polar and argumentative and dismissive and angry and even violent. It's very much the influence of Medusa. But Medusa holding the head of Perseus is a, it's a rewriting of history and myth, a rewriting of archetype. It's actually a destruction of the fundamental core values and ideas and things that make us human which is what myth's all about. It's about history. It's about observation of nature, analysis of, of the self, uh, identity of the self, anthropomorphization of certain types of things in nature uh, and in the psyche. So if Medusa is holding the head of Perseus when it's actually Perseus that kills Medusa, what you're seeing here is a misinterpretation, a misunderstanding, and probably an intentional one, a dismissal of the qualities that are found otherwise, the lessons, the morals, the values, the story, the meaning, in the story of Perseus slaying Medusa. And what you're left with is a very distorted female form, which is waging a war on strong men, in the case of Perseus. Now, Perseus has to use a mirror or a shield to reflect the glare of Medusa. This is how he's able to cut her head off and hold it up. The mirror is a very important symbol because the mirror, although it might get associated with Alice in Wonderland and portals to other dimensions or like the Matrix and things like that, a mirror 
especially in Japanese mythology, very, very important uh, image or uh, symbol. Uh, the mirror was actually outside of the cave where Aime Terasu went after Suzuno or Suzano, uh, her brother, uh, went on a rampage, kind of like a titan. Uh, with He's a storm god, kind of like um, Typhon as well. And he goes on this rampage. So Aime Terasu, she goes into the celestial cave and she's the sun goddess. So light vanishes from the world. There's probably a history here, but it's very scant details from Japanese uh, myth. So she goes into this cave and she reemerges three days later. It's the story of Jesus or Jonah and the whale, etc. A very old story, uh, far dating Christianity. And it's, it's, it's from Japan, which is in a recent times, a relatively um, recent series of myths and traditions that have been spread around the rest of the world, uh, at least officially. I mean, if you go back far enough, 15,000 years ago, the Jomon culture, they, they were in Brazil, they were traveling all over the world, they were bringing their culture, and they were some of the first um, indigenous Japanese people before J Japan was a, was a place that we know it. Uh, I'm digressing, but the point is, I'm a Terasu, she's in a cave and she comes out and it's the, the reflection of the mirror that catches her, her, her good grace or her good intentions. So the mirror is very important in Japan, it's very important in the mythology, it's very important in Shinto. Uh, mirrors are placed between the inner shrine of the Shinto, uh, of the Holy of Holies, they call it, and the offering table to the Kami, uh, which are the spirits. Not good or evil, but could be both, either or. The mirror is important here I know it sounds like I'm digressing, but the mirror is so important here because the mirror is an impartial thing. The mirror is really justice being blind because it shows you good and evil. It shows you with impartiality all the flaws that you might have. It shows you who you really are. And that can symbolically transform people. So the mirror, which is used to slay Medusa is broken in this reversal of the myth. And this means that Medusa is able to kill Perseus and hold his head up. It's like a rewriting of his, history, mythology. It's like in Back to the Future, that little, one little tweak and then everything changes. Um, even if it's, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. You don't mean to do something, but you step on an ant or a butterfly and then all of history, all the everything changes. So it's a reversal of history. It's a reversal of myth. It's also... A revelation of the method as, once again, old world cults, priestly cults that were behind kings and emperors and pharaohs that were magicians, scientists, doctors. They knew when there was an eclipse. They knew the changing of the seasons. They knew a lot of things that the average person who was illiterate didn't know. So they could control people with knowledge that is derived from analysis or observation of nature, perhaps something handed down historically. And these are the priestly religions that priestly classes that demanded human sacrifice because with the strong hand of the Pope or the father, the child is afraid that they could be struck or they could be punished. Therefore, whether it's institutional religion or it's the old world priestly cults, those priests would reach up their hand with the knife and carve the heart out. They performed human sacrifices, not because they wanted the sun to come back out or because they wanted to ensure a, a good harvest. Certainly that thing ha that kind of a thing happened, but not necessarily because of priestly, priestly cults uh, or demonic cults. Really, these people were kind of like almost possessed, but because the priests wanted to keep everybody in order. They wanted to keep society in order. 
And it's almost like the human sacrifices that have been performed in virtually every culture throughout the world. It's almost as if the human sacrifices are kind of like uh, a form of, uh, it's like an offering not to a god, but to the priests that position themselves as gods. They're sacrificing people to scare the public with that raised hand that if you don't you know, behave and do what we want you to do, the sun will go out, the crops won't be harvest, uh, won't be able to, won't be able to harvest them. People will, will will suffer, freeze to death, will die of starvation. So you need to do what we say, and and you might be sacrificed next if you don't do what we say. So there's a way to keep people in line. So if you're going to reverse history and reverse myth. And you're going to reverse all of the great things about the developments and progress of human civilization, then the revelation of the method is that there is an anti human, anti life, anti creation, anti God, anti all things good. Take a letter like an O and add it into God, you get good. Add a D to evil, you get devil. Reverse uh, evil or reverse. Uh, 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 devil and you get live and lived it's an inversion of what is good well you have these cults or theological religious like philosophies which are barbaric in nature but because of corruption like the roman empire collapsing and decadence and uh, greed and all the seven deadly sins and the famous roman orgies this is what took place largely toward the fall of rome over over decades and decades and hundreds of years and in the same way, we're seeing that now in the modern world. We're seeing decadence and corruption lead to a revitalizing, a regeneration, a rebooting, a rebirth of these old gods. Now, furthermore, as we've discussed on this show, whether that's with Derek Murphy or Clyde Lewis or any of our other guests, or we've discussed on other shows, these other gods, these old gods, these old religions, the priestly religions, if you will, the scientists, the doctors, the, the scientism of the modern age, derived from the priestly classes of the old. What this is, is the calling on certain energies and deities, certain reservoirs of energy, largely the titans, and particularly uh, certain forms of titans that also share a, a similar feel or a similar energy to, I mean, what is the what are we told all the time? We're told about disease, we're told about uh, climate change and things like that. Well, I mean, climate change, dramatic weather is, is just an emergence of the Titans from their confinement in the earth. And disease is just a releasing of demons, plagues upon the earth, plagues, demons. So it's like releasing the Titans, releasing the demons, whether that's conceptually, whether that's through ideas and symbols and images, sigils, meme magic, it, something is certainly being channeled. And a lot of it, appears in a Lovecraft-like form, such as this statue now on the New York Supreme Court. And this, again, is a revitalizing, a rebirth, etc., of these old world uh, religions. And that H.P. Lovecraft angle to this um, is, it, 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 it creeps up so much that it's almost as if it's a textbook or a blueprint for, let's say, let's call it the apocalypse, uh, you know, there's the 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 graphic novel Watchmen, for example, where not the movie, but the the original graphic novel or comic, uh, it is it's not the 
the one character who tries to blame these events on Dr. Manhattan, it's actually a large tentacle monster that is brought to New York and it kills like a, like it's half the population or something of New York or New York City, Manhattan. So that kind of sounds, at least conceptually, like this Ginsburg statue, a serpentine tentacle statue that represents the conquering of spirit and soul with matter, the opposite of the lotus flower, calling on the universal mother not for protection but for abortion, which is not really the pure mother. It is the dark mother, Lilith, the goddess of abortion and 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 wet dreams and torturing children and, and, and men and things like this, which also is why Medusa carries Perseus's head in this other statue. It's like a war on men, which is also a war on women. It's a war on femininity when the most beautiful thing a woman can do really is have a child. That's creation. That's life. That's godlike. To take that away is truly evil. It's literally the inversion of live. It's L-I-V-E-V-I-L. So in The Watchmen, you have this tentacle monster that comes to New York and, and des- destroys everything. And that's what the statue is. It's a tentacle monster with intent to deform and degrade and demean and destroy. And it's put there in New York. You find that parallel in Watchmen. You find that parallel in the mythology. And you see this statue being referred to as a channeling device, as a magical hybrid, uh, a merger of man or woman, animal, and plant, which is what you find at black masses. You take plant-like substances, and then you have these sexual orgies with animals or you know the devil coming in human form. That's the black mass. And what does Medusa do? Medusa turns you to stone. What do these arguments on abortion and other things do? They turn your heart to stone. They turn uh, the heart of society to stone. And, I mean, even the statue witness that's supposed to be this, this Eve energy. Witness, watch, watchman, tentacle monster, New York. There's so many different angles to this, including the biblical narrative, the biblical story, Leviathan, or the red dragon, which gives the lead to the beast. If I recall correctly, some people called me, or somebody called me a super Christian recently, so I should be able to recall this as a super Christian, (laughs) whatever that means. Um, Just because I can quote the Bible doesn't mean that I'm a a super Christian. Again, I don't know what (laughs) what that means. Uh, But the, the story in Revelation about the red dragon, and you might remember this, it's, uh, Revelation 12, uh, Revelation 12 and 13, you read these verses and you read about the red dragon devouring or waiting to devour the child. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. That kind of sounds like what the dragon or the beast or the serpent or the rays of light are doing here in New York with that Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg statue, the Eve statue, the Medusa statue. Has a very dark and heavy, Saturnistic, legal, lawful feeling to it. Legal, lawful in the sense of Saturnistic imagery. It has that feeling to it, something very heavy and very dark. 
When we come back from break, I'm going to tell you about the new Madonna photo shoot and how that plays into this as well. Another mockery of the sacred. Christian, Muslim, Jew, or otherwise, to be able to mock the sacred and to be able to glorify the unholy is truly a dangerous place for human civilization and the spirit soul. More after this on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's the secret teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. One of the more popular, perhaps even controversial, certainly infamous statements from the book of Revelation in the Bible. The dragon consuming the child, the dragon, the serpent, etc. could be easily associated with the new Ruth Bader Ginsburg statue, which is temporarily in New York on the Supreme Court building. That statue is a hybrid of a woman, supposedly, with serpent-like arms, Medusa-like arms, and horns on her head, very Aries, Ram-like, Mars-like, very Lilith-like, Minerva-like, etc., And that idea of the dragon consuming the child is more significant when you consider what officially the statue is supposed to be. It's a statue of abortion. And in fact, one of the art critics teaches art history at the Graduate Center 
of the City University of New York, says maybe she can help channel us back to reinstating Roe versus Wade. I mean, they don't you don't reinstate Supreme Court cases. These people are so ignorant. Uh, you don't get a re, it's going to reinstate it. It's about as dumb as people thinking, oh, Donald Trump will just be reinstated. That's not how you're an idiot. Uh, magical hybrid plant animal is what Claire Bishop said this statue was. Similar terminology to how the Ukrainian World Congress described the Warrior of Light costume worn by Victoria Apanisenko. It was described as being created in extreme conditions under the sound of sirens with no electricity by candlelight. Very, really painting the image here of something terrible happening, but something coming out of that, that terrible situation. Something that, well, it's a dress that dazzled the audience with its spell-binding wings. Spell-binding wings. Spell-binding, channeling, hybrid, magical creatures. These are not words I'm choosing, ladies and gentlemen. These are words that are being chosen by the Ukrainian World Congress and by the New York Times, or by people the New York Times are quoting. So when you look at these stories, these are just recent stories like the Warrior of Light, uh, the story of the statue in New York. There's another statue across the street, as we've discussed, and another one down the road, Medusa. I believe that's a different artist, but the same artist who did the Ginsburg statue did the Witness statue, which is basically the Universal Mother Eve. How can you call them the Universal Mother Eve the universal goddess Isis, how can you call on these beautiful archetypes of the female, the ability to create life and have a child and put your one statue on a lotus flower, which is the triumph of spirit over matter symbolically, you know, the muddy water and this beautiful flower on top, when it's all about abortion? In other words, you're mocking creation. You're mocking God, you're mocking religion of all kinds. You're mocking spirituality. You're mocking the soul. You're mocking divinity. You're mocking purity. You're mocking innocence. You're mocking everything that is good, everything that is holy, everything that is that is divine, consecrated, everything that is beautiful and wonderful and joyous. You're mocking everything that makes life worth living. Why would you? Do that unless, well, for lack of a better term, you actually are a Satanist who believes in destroying art because you can't create it, ripping down statues because you can't control the information or burning books or doing all of these things digitally, or destroying life and destroying responsibility and morals and ethics and virtues and things like this because you don't want to take responsibility, you don't want to act morally, you don't want to act ethically, and because you're emotionally unstable, because that's what the devil does. The devil plays not only with idle hands, but also with your emotions, which are controlled by the emotions, oceans, or the trident, which is the pitchfork of the devil held by Poseidon, and this is the symbol of Ukraine. So we're back to that again as well. All of this, all of these archetypes, all of these symbols have an effect on the subconscious. They have an effect on the unconscious. When you're very aware of them, they're still having that effect, but they have also an effect more directly on the conscious mind. This is why when I see these stories, 
such as Christians outraged after Madonna, and this is, to be fair, par for the course for Madonna, dresses up as Virgin Mary and recreates the Last Supper. Once again, a mockery. Miss Ukraine and the whole Ukrainian narrative is making a mockery of St. Michael the Archangel. The Ruth Bader Ginsburg statue is making a mockery of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's making a mockery of women. It's making a mockery of law. It's making a mockery of life and creation. It's making a mockery of a lot of things. It's even making a mockery of, of mythology for that matter. The Madonna photo shoot shows Madonna as the Virgin Mary or as Jesus Christ himself with 12 women disciples. It's called the Last Supper. And she says it's supposed to be all female energy. I mean, this might seem quite mundane or profane to you, but I work from home. I do this show from home. My fiance goes to a job out of the house. I do a lot of the cleaning. I do, well, we kind of split the cooking because we, we like to cook a lot. But I don't ever feel that I... um I don't ever feel that like I don't want to do the kinds of things I do around the house. It just seems natural to me to take care of my living space because if that's clean, then usually my my brain is also clean. And if it was, you know, I've also told my, my fiance Hope that if, if I ever made enough money at radio, she wouldn't have to work and she could just stay home and take care of kids, which is what she wants to do anyway. Now, not everybody wants to do that, but I question the number of people who don't want to do that because of the idea that being at home and taking care of kids or keeping the house straight is some kind of unnatural chore. It's not. Taking care of your living space is being a responsible person, and it's good for the physical and the spiritual. This is where the idea of spring cleaning comes from. Taking care of children, like I, I wouldn't want to. I wish I just had money. I didn't have to work at all. I could just hang out with, you know, my kids all the time. How is how is that a bad thing? So again, in a mundane, profane sense, to suggest that work in the home, whether that's kids or cooking or cleaning things, I'm I'm always doing anyway. Personally, like me, I'm personally doing them. To suggest that that is not success or progress or empowering is like, I don't get offended by stuff, but as a man, even, I'm, I'm super offended by that notion. What do you mean cleaning the house and taking care of kids and spending time with your children? What do you mean that's not fulfilling? What do you mean that's not powerful or empowering? It is empowering. What's not empowering is making people feel lonely and depressed, making people feel as if the only way that they can feel happy is by drugs or alcohol or sex with random people and all of these things, whether it's alcohol or drugs, which open the door for possession or walk-ins, uh, very corruptible psyche or sex with random people, you're basically a succubus or an incubus and that just eventually it weighs on you and it also can damage your body as well. Maybe you get a disease. I'm not sure if um, I believe that STDs are transmitted the same way as some people think, but that's neither here nor there but you're, you're basically giving your energy away. How is that empowering? That doesn't seem empowering to me. Likewise, how is it empowering to abort a child? Like fundamentally, the power of the female is within giving birth and 
and taking care of that child. That's that's real femininity. Where I mean, femininity is not Madonna dressed like Jesus Christ in a mockery of the Last Supper. That is not in any way, shape, or form in empowerment. And, and besides, you know, and Christians might not want to admit this, but like the 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 the, the let's say the the wife as well, but the partner of Jesus Christ was, well, she arguably she, there was also, she was a disciple, one of the, one of the disciples. I mean, it's the bride of Christ. It's the, it's alchemy. It's male, female. Like again, it's Madonna. So like, what do you expect? It's Madonna. That's all you have to say. It's Madonna. So I don't, there's not really anything other, you know, other kind of significance there, but it's just the commonality of mocking the sacred, mocking uh, religious iconography. It's like people get upset if you depict Muhammad or Allah, Muslims do, but we're supposed to just listen to the Muslims and take it down. But when it comes to Christianity, I mean, all Hollywood does is mock Christianity. Now, I'm not a Christian myself, but I understand when Christians say there's a war on Christmas, there's a war on, there's a war on culture, there's a war on religion. There certainly is. But it's not because... They hate Christianity. They, they, they don't like Muslims and Islam. They don't like Jews, ultimately, in Judaism, although Jewish uh, groups in Hollywood certainly mock Christianity to the point where it's almost you want to vomit. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, I guess Muslims even mock Christianity, for that matter. Christians tend to mock them. I mean, everybody kind of mocks and is at war with one another. But the, the bottom line is they don't care if it's Christianity or what it is. The ultimate goal is to eliminate and undermine the faith in the Abrahamic religions. Like you have that uh, that big Abrahamic family house now, the One World Religious Center, because that's what it's all about. It's about undermining faith and religion so that you can create a universal One World religion, which is not just Catholic and universal. It's a religion of the state and a religion of the Politburo, which is what Stalin said. You can't have religion because God cannot be higher than the state. The state is not only higher than God, it has proven God doesn't exist, found his body, proven that, you know, whatever you want to say, proven that he's dead, proven that there is no God, and the state is God now. So you can't have religion. You can't have spirituality. That's why that's why the, the communists in China, they target Fulang Gong. They target them. They rip their organs out. They beat them. They abuse them. They torture them. They rape them. They do all kinds of terrible things to these people because they want to meditate or they want to perform a spiritual practice in public. That really happens. So it's not about Christianity. It's about all religions. Anything that can put power above the state. Because if your rights come from God, if they can get rid of God, then you don't have any rights. That's what it's all about. So all the people that talk about human rights and equality, but you advocate for that, you talk about women's rights and empowerment, but you tell women that their work traditionally in the home, just as a man has traditionally been on the battlefield or in the legislature, you tell a woman that that work is insignificant, that's offensive to me because I do a lot of that work. I take care of of the house. It's extremely difficult. Take a woman away from her loving husband and put her in the arms of some corporation that doesn't give a damn about her? How, how is that empowerment? It's the very opposite. How is aborting a child empowerment when the most powerful thing in the universe, maybe outside of the orgasm, is that spark that leads to the creation of new life? I mean, these people are sick. And I sit here and tell you that I'm not a, I'm, I'd like, I don't say it because it's rhetoric or I like to hear myself say, it. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe that Jesus Christ was, I believe he was a real figure. I don't believe that he died for my sins in the traditional narrative. 
I think it's an allegory. It's a metaphor. It's a story. I believe more what Muslims and Jews believe, that Jesus was not a physical God incarnate. That's an institutional version of Jesus. If you have to define who I am, like what I am religiously, I'd say I, I probably, I, I, I think I'm more of, of a Shintoist. I think Shintoism is really more so how I feel uh, and, and how I see the world. We're actually going to do a show on Shinto, if not tomorrow, some other time this week, because I, I think it's um, a really good foundational core pillar of, uh, to describe what the secret teachings are really about. But like, I, I, I'm not a Christian, okay? And I'm not a Muslim, and I'm not a Jew, and I'm definitely not an atheist. Okay, I'm, I'm not any of these words. I stopped trying to put me into a cat. I'm certainly not a super Christian. Somebody said that the other day. But I'm saying this because I want you to understand objectively, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in the traditional Jesus story as it's told. I believe in more of the Muslim version of Jesus. But ultimately, there is a war on God and Christianity and other religions because they are the barrier to full-scale authoritarian state control. Your rights come from God naturally. If you can get rid of God, if you can usurp God, then humans have no rights, at least in Western philosophy. The most equal thing ever. You're born, you have rights, inherent. Period. But people want to eliminate God and eliminate those rights in the name of rights and equality, which means you just won't have... They've so convinced people that they don't have any rights and that life is so terrible, especially Americans who live in conditions where even if you're not in great conditions, you're still in better conditions than most people around the world. You have it so good, you have so much wealth and so much opportunity that you squander it because of ignorance, negligence, corruption, decadence, etc., they've convinced people that it's it's those ideas that destroy the world when it's actually the abandonment of those ideas, which again, it's inversion. It's truly, truly the hallmark of evil. And again, I say it over and over. I'm not a Christian, but I want you to know that because objectively I understand Christianity is engaged in a war. And it has been for a long time. The concepts in Christianity, Islam, Judaism, even Buddhism. You don't, you don't understand that in these re, in these state-run religions, even if you're Fulong Gong, look up what Fulong Gong is. It's literally a spiritual practice of prayer and meditation. That is not only banned in China, the communist hellhole, I spit on them, dictatorship that is the Chinese government, not the Chinese people or culture, which has been destroyed beautiful Chinese culture and history. If you've ever seen Shen Young, the dance, um, uh, the dancing performance, the story that they tell, but also it's a freaking spiritual practice of meditation. And I don't know if they really practice yoga, but it's, it's, it's like a yogic type practice. And the state condemns that. They also kidnap those people and harvest their organs. I mean, that is so evil and so disturbing that, I, I mean, there, there really isn't anything that can be compared to it. I mean, maybe except abortion just for the sake of it being abortion, which is what the satanic temples are. It's a religious right. We, we, we had to do it all the time, which is what they, we, we always used to talk about breeders, women that would get pregnant just to have, have sacrifice of the child. I mean, that's, that's what abortion has become. 
I mean, there's a circumstance to, dis- to, to discuss. There are circumstances to discuss when it comes to these issues. But ultimately, fundamentally, the cornerstone of what we're discussing here is the religionization. It is the theologicalization of what otherwise is considered a political or human rights issue. It's the destruction of law. It's the destruction of order. It's the destruction of God. If you can destroy those things, humans then have no rights. Humans have no soul. They become worker drones. They become part of a hive mind that is subservient to the ruling class elite that use the hand of the father, the fear and the terror of the human sacrifice and the murder of the innocent to control the population, your mind, body, and your soul. And they'll take that soul from you too. Every religion tells you that. It's a battle for the soul, and they will strip that soul from you with promises of digital currency in a digital atom or metaverse where you can be anything you want to be. That same temptation that was offered to Jesus Christ in the narrative, in the story, in the Bible, all this could be yours, Jesus, if you just bow to me. But Jesus says, screw you. I'm not bowing to you because I'm Jesus. I am the Lord, and this is already my world. And you see in that instance that Satan and the devil is actually just an adversary, actually just a part of the energy and the essence of Jesus and the Lord. Because he's saying, he's tempting, hey, you can have all this. And Jesus says, no, it's already mine. You can't. Give this to me. It's mine. That That's the idea of like the philosopher's stone. You can only obtain it once you don't want to use it anymore. Or if you want to use it solely for good, not for personal gain. Then you realize you've had it the whole time. This world is yours to create, to mess up, to learn from your mistakes. To allow certain demons and characters and entities, if you will, concepts to rip at you and bite at you. That's what makes you a better person. That's what allows you to develop and to grow. If you don't have any of that, then you're just stagnant. And you become this almost like a a battery for stagnant things. Slimy, slow, creepy, crawly things. And you know what those things are. They are... Oh, they're, in essence, evil, for lack of a better word. So this statue in New York, this warrior of light costume, this Madonna Last Supper recreation, all of these things, these are three examples, plus the other statue across the street in New York at the Supreme Court building, or the Medusa statue, which is reversing the myth This is a revelation of the method of, for lack of a better word, of the people that are the real power brokers, the priestly classes that demand you take vaccines, the priestly classes that demand that you give in and give up. You tune in and tune out. They demand that you do what they say, when they say it, or the sun isn't going to return tomorrow. Quite literally, in the case of climate change, do what we tell you to do, or the earth is going to die. This is the priest class revitalized, rejuvenated, and rebirthed. 
The sun won't come back unless we rip your hearts out and sacrifice about 10,000 people. Okay? The sun isn't going to come back unless you give us your wives to have our way with. And that's what modern priests are doing. The sun won't come back unless you get this vaccine. Oh, look, the sun came back and you didn't get it. Well, there's consequences for that. Um, We allowed the sun to come back because we're merciful. So if you don't get it this time to get that vaccine, we're going to make the sun go away. And you know it's going to go away because there's an eclipse. You have the knowledge. You have that power. You can create things like the Pfizer executive who's this gay guy who claims that his being videoed by Project Veritas is racist or something like that, who attacked white people because he did. He said he was joking about what he told his potential boyfriend in the in the video, and that was that Pfizer's working on mutating viruses to create new vaccines. Are, are, are you kidding? That is what a top Pfizer exec said on video. That's what they're doing. These are the priests. These are the modern priests the doctors, the scientists, the scientism, if you will. This is what's ruining the world. It's not because of God. It's not because of morality. It's not because of family. It's not because of Western civilization. It's because of the abandonment of all of these things. It's because of the abandonment of God and family. It's the abandonment of of morals and culture. And authoritarian systems need those things to be eliminated before they can take power because culture gives you purpose in history. Family gives you strength. Children give you the ability to pass on knowledge and wisdom to create a better world. And if you're an authoritarian, psychopath, Malthusian, eugenicist, transhumanist, you don't want that to happen. I mean, one last quick example is the simple fact that whether it's abortion or it's transgenderism, or it's obesity, the solution is drugs and surgery. You want an abortion, take some drugs, we'll cut the baby out of you, we'll kill it. You want to be a different gender? Hey, that's fine. We have drugs, we have hormone therapy, we have puberty blockers, which also stunt the development of the prefrontal cortex, the brain, I believe that's the prefrontal cortex, that is, I don't think it's developed until 24, and that's where you make logical, reasonable decisions. And you can also get surgery. And then obesity, the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, I believe it was, I think it was the American Academy of Pediatrics recently came out and said, there's federal guidance now that if you're obese, which could mean anything really, because they changed the scale, no pun intended, you should get drugs and have surgery. Not like if you're 25 or 30, like if you're 12 or 13, you should have drugs and surgery. So in all of these cases, if you can't abort the child and chop them to pieces and drug them before they're born, you do it after they're born. And if they get past the transgender aspect after the abortion aspect, then you get to the obesity aspect. And then they just chop you up and cut you up anyway and drug you anyway. And you can go beyond that. Look at the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, the sexual abuse, etc. that you find in adult populations because people are miserable. People are anxious. People are stressed. People are worried. People are they're miserable. And the energies that that produces being fed on by the Liliths. It's being fed on by the, it's not Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but the, the, the Ginsburg statue. These are reservoirs of energy. They resonate with things that, are, that they are harmonious with. And when we interact with them, when we look at them, even talking about them gives them more power, gives them more energy, gives them more attention. So what we're witnessing here 
is the great dragon in front of the women uh, ready to consume their children. Because the children, it's a cliche statement, children of the future, of course they are. But more so, a child is a way to pass on a lineage, a culture, a history. And if you can eliminate that or brainwash it and mentally retard it, you control the past, you control the present, and you control the future. And if you want an idea of what the future looks like, just imagine not a big old jackboot, but a pair of big old black Doc Martens stomping on the face of humanity forever. And when you look up to see who's wearing the Doc Martens, they'll be covered in all black, but also with smiley faces. So while they're beating you and knocking your teeth out, you can't really process that because although they're knocking your teeth out and they're ripping your fingernails off and they're crushing your skull, they're also smiling at you because they're happy. They're deranged. They're possessed. And that confuses you. I'm being beaten to death, but they're smiling. That's usually a good thing. So you shut down. You're confused. Your brain malfunctions. You don't know what to do. So you give up. I'm telling you not to give up. I'm telling you that from the point of view of someone who's not a Christian, there's a war on religion. There's a war on God because the state wants that job. That's what it is. The state wants the job. So they'll rewrite history. They'll rewrite mythology. They'll rewrite everything. And if they get possession of children, then they will possess those children with their ideology of greed and lust and hatred and violence and anger and all the deadly sins and other things. And then they control the past, present, and future. And they take those young kids and they turn them into an army of order followers who destroy perhaps a culture indefinitely for generation after generation after generation. If you want an example of that, take a look at China. Oh, I'll just get to keep all my stuff. And if I want to go pray in the park, I'll just do that. Uh, don't think so. You lose all your stuff. And then the state determines who you can see and what you can do. And, you know, like with the COVID policy. And then if you want to go meditate or do yoga in the park, they'll harvest your kidneys, your lungs, your liver, etc. Because so they, they need those organs and you're a spiritual practitioner and the state doesn't like that. That's the world that is being created in the blueprint for the world. Again, I'm here to tell you that when we employ our knowledge of the secret teachings... That's our theme. That's the name of the show. We can understand all of these things in a different way. The Madonna painting slash photography in the Vanity Fair story, the Warrior of Light in the Miss Ukraine, Miss Universe story, and the Ginsburg statue in New York. All makes a lot more sense when you apply the lens of occultism and the secret teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you missed Friday's show we did with Clyde, we'll also do another show on the Super Bowl coming up. If you missed the show we did with Clyde, check that out on Aftermath, our show Making a Martyr on Friday night after the show with Clyde. So we had a long four-and-a-half-hour night Friday. And then The Secret Teachings here Monday, my birthday, January 30th, 2023. I appreciate the birthday wishes. I'm, I almost said witches, Freudian slip, birthday witches. Are there birthday witches? They're witches out there casting spells on me. Maybe they're, maybe they're love spells. I don't know. Maybe people love me. Uh, 32 years old. Appreciate all the birthday uh, kindness. 
uh, rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. The secret teachings on every platform, just search the show. It's just audio, old school radio. Check it out. Listen to those little annoying advertisements, and we get paid for that. So just keep it on the background. Don't even listen to it. Download a bunch of times. Delete it. You know, it helps us out a lot. A few dollars goes a long way. Or you can subscribe on our website, thesecretteachings.info, to get access to all the same. www.thesecretteachings.info. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. As always, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast.